Welcome to Stories Behind the Stars podcast, dedicated to honoring the fallen heroes of World War II. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast. I have the amazing opportunity to have Pam Baker with me. And can you just introduce yourself, Pam, and tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to this project? Hi. Um, I've really been looking forward to being part of this podcast because I enjoy working with stars so much. Um, I live in Birmingham, Alabama. I moved here a little over five years ago to be closer to my family um, and am retired from state government administration. Um, um, In September last year, I was reading the Birmingham newspaper and came across an article about Bob First, who lives in Huntsville and is uh, a longtime volunteer with STARS. The article went on to explain a little bit about what the project was doing and into the article asked for volunteers. And I thought about it overnight and um, knowing how much I love World War II history and really love writing and organizing projects. So the very next day, I got the article back out and um, found my way to Don and the contact information, and he got me started. So can you tell us what what do you do when you're starting a project, like starting a name? What's the first thing you would do? Um, Well, right now I'm working with Bob on Mobile County in Alabama. Um, I uh, preceded that with work on names in Utah that Don sent. Um, Don sent a great um, list of names with name, rank, serial number, birth date, uh, date of death, um, and some of the circumstances. So to get started, um, he, uh, as you know, STARS has an affiliated agreement with ancestryinstitutions.org. Uh, so Initially, I go either to that or I go to find a grave, put in the name and the basic information that I have at hand. Those two online sources will pull up, in most instances, enough to get me started. And it's very much like detective work. You get a piece of information here, um, another piece of information comes to you, and as you begin to edit that search and add in or amend information, you get closer and closer to the person you're looking for. Um, Once I get the basic uh, biographical information down, most times I then proceed to research the name of the unit or battalion or company, if you can find that, uh, to which that person was assigned. Um, And sometimes um, almost all you have to go on is tracing an individual through that battalion information, uh, sometimes through morning reports or even after action reports I've found to be uh, very helpful. If it was somebody who served in um, a bomb squad, um, there are great uh, websites, particularly for people who served uh, and were based uh, in England um, in the European theater of operations. So you begin to put that story together Uh, until you come down to the conclusion of that individual's life as uh, we are able to discern it. Um, Sometimes it's it's not always clear to you. 
Um, but if in instances, if you have a date of death and you can track where that individual's unit was on that particular date, um, information suggests that that's by and large where the person was um, killed in action or missing in action. Uh, we learn sometimes that they were interned permanently overseas. In many instances, people came of their families, um, asked that their remains be returned to their home state so that they could be buried in a, in a hometown cemetery. Um, I found recently two men, both from Alabama, uh, same name, same middle initial. The only difference was the middle name. Um, one individual was on my list, and I learned that the second individual uh, was missing in action until the late 80s when his remains were discovered or recovered and were matched to records, and his family actually was able to have him brought home and buried in his hometown. Wow. So... Have there been anything that you've been doing your research, because you've researched quite a lot of these names, that you've just found super fascinating as you've been going through your research is something that really stands out? Uh, well, aside from the fact that it's very much detective work, there were several things, several things that I have learned um, that either I missed in school or we just didn't hear. Um, I did not realize, for example, that early on the United States was involved in uh, combat in Alaska because that was perceived to be a possible place of entry for Japanese uh, forces. Um, I've learned that, sadly, there were more pilots killed in training in the States than were killed in combat, uh, which shows you that... Um, War is just a brutal business. There's, it doesn't um, doesn't necessarily have to be overseas in, in a combat situation. I think one of the most remarkable things that I have learned has to do with the quartermaster corps. You know, we we kind of all grow up looking at movies, and you never really stop to think about how were all those soldiers fed and clothed, and who brought them ammunition. And it was the quartermaster corps. Um, I think by the end of the war, as the war was winding down, the quartermasters were providing 70,000 items of supplies to and feeding several million people um, in the course of a, a month. It was just, it's fascinating to me. Uh, what, what you don't see behind the scenes, but from a logistics standpoint is essential. Uh, war could not have been fought and won without people who uh, were behind the lines, uh, trucking along with the troops and providing them with the things that they needed very much. I really love that because it's kind of the story of like what we're doing here too, you know, like the, the those that never came home and honoring those that haven't been really seen and the quartermaster is something that you don't see, but you, they're essential. They're there. <laughs> they yeah. were there. Um, so could you tell us some of your, like, one or two or your favorite stories you've found so far? I guess, you know, in, in a sense, all of the people that I have learned about are memorable in one way or another. Um, some of the, one story that stands out for me uh, has to do with a um, uh, Japanese-American soldier um, who was initially interred in, um, I think, Colorado with his family. 
And um, as you probably know, Japanese Americans petitioned the government to allow to be allowed to enlist to fight. Um, he was in the same unit that Senator Daniel Inouye from uh, Hawaii was in. Um, and they went in and um, I can't remember the exact location. People will know when I mentioned the, the lost battalion. Uh, they were the battalion that went in and rescued uh, 271 Americans who uh, were just um, running short of supplies, uh, bottlenecked and trapped by the Germans. And if it had not been for that uh, Japanese unit, uh, I'm sure those men would have perished. Um, the very first um, Alabama profile I did has really stuck with me for some reason. I, I presume in large part because Bob was able to find the picture of this man with his uh, crew. They were flying B-24s uh, in a night raid over Japan. And um, the other uh, bombers in the group saw their plane go down in, in flames. They presumed that they had crashed and all of the men had perished. Um, interestingly, all the crew had bailed out some five to 10 miles before they got to that destination. Um, you know, they landed in the dark um, and they were almost immediately captured by uh, Japanese soldiers and civilians. Seven of those men um, were captured and were interred in prisoner of war camps until the end of the war. Four of the men, including the men that I profiled, were executed that same day. Um, and I, and the, I think the, some of the other stories that touch me so much are um, the very youngest of the men. 18, 19, you know, if you were 25 or 26, you were an old guy. Um, but the, the very, very young men who probably had never been anywhere out of their hometown, um, if they had fired a weapon, it was probably uh, when they were hunting um, on their farm or uh, with their family, um, and I remember uh, an 18-year-old um, private who was on uh, the HMT, um, I think it's Rowan, that was uh, bombed um, by a German-guided missile, um, probably one of the first such instances ever. Um, the whole ship sank. Um, he went down with several hundred um, troops, I think, actually, I think it was closer to a thousand, uh, learned, I've learned about the Battle of the Salvo uh, Islands, uh, where one writer said, um, in a fair fight, this was one of the greatest defeats of the United States Navy, um, particularly the uh, SS Vincennes and the Astoria and the Quincy, um, just three ships, just a fire went down probably in less than 80 minutes. Uh, and so many people died. Um, there was a young man, 19, 
only child, uh, the ones that really get to you, the, the only sons of a family. He grew up, he was born in New York City. He grew up in Salt Lake City. Uh, you sense that he probably led a, an above-average uh, life, uh, died in the mountains of uh, North Italy, uh, far away from home, had probably been in combat less than a year. How do you prepare yourself for the fact that you know what's going to happen to them? I don't think you really can. I think uh, what I try to keep in mind is it's an opportunity to perhaps write something of the end of an individual's life um, and to put that down for other people to read and to know about. You know, we, the boomer generation, that's me, um, grew up closer to World War II um, than so many. Um, and we had a less sanitized version of war news. I remember watching Victory at Sea and the World at War with my dad. When I was in junior high school, we saw a very graphic uh, documentary about World War II that may or may not uh, be shown in schools anymore. You know, kids nowadays see movies, they see a Hollywood version of war. Uh, dressed up with uh, computer graphics, and it feels like 120 minutes of entertainment. Uh, and I think people need to remember that war is not entertainment. Uh, there is a high cost for war against tyranny. And yes, we know the outcome of the lives of these men and, and uh, women, but it's important that those lives be remembered, and it's important that we remember why they died. Um, it's important that we remember their legacy to us is freedom. Uh, and that freedom came at the cost of their lives. Um, you know, this concerns me greatly that uh, our generation and, and some in America um, are forgetting how easy it can be to lose your freedoms as Germany did in the 1930s and 40s. I really love that you say that, you know, it's, it's our, my generation, the millennials, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, we, we are so far away from World War II, right? You know, and you're right. We do see it like a holiday Hollywood version of it. Cause there've been some pretty amazing Hollywood movies made. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but I really feel like as I've been reading these stories that people are producing and, um, and just seeing the lives of these young boys and, and young women, it just hits me so hard. It's like they were only children or, and their parents, you know, went on and, and didn't have like, didn't have them in their lives anymore. Yeah. And like, it just, it makes it so much more real because when you see just a number on a ledger, it's just a number, but then all of a sudden it becomes a name with a story with a life. Yes. And it's mm -hmm. just like, wow, this is what they gave up for me. And it's, it just mm -hmm. makes you value life so much more. Right. Absolutely. You, you come to realize what's important in life. Um, and you know, today we see, um, we still have veterans from the Korean War and the war in Vietnam, and we need to be about learning their stories. Uh, we will not have them with them with us indefinitely. That's yeah, so true. So if, if you had any advice for someone who's thinking about volunteering but doesn't quite know, what would you say to them? 
It is super easy to volunteer. Um, Don has this great boot camp process, and he takes you through how to get started with a name, and uh, you get your confidence built up uh, right off the bat. Um, um, you will learn, a new volunteer will learn some of the ins and outs of researching through online sources. Uh, we've got a great Facebook page of volunteers uh, who are so skilled and so knowledgeable and are very willing to share their resources with other people. Um, a couple of days ago, I posted some information on, I was looking for some help with um, uh, a name got an immediate response and some direction that helped me finish a profile. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, no, um, there's no right or wrong way. There are lots of good examples that someone can follow until they get their own rhythm and pattern of writing stories. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time um, to tell us the, your experience and, and your, the stories that you found. Um, and I just want to say thank you for all the work you've done so far, because this is how we are going to make this really lofty project happen is amazing, amazing writers and researchers like you. So um, with that, thank you for your time. And, and we you're can... very welcome. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. If you are at all interested in volunteering or just want to learn more about our amazing project, please visit us at www.storiesbehindthestars.org